Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We are on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting in studio with Don David Niles. One laughed because uh, my Spanish is so so great. Es muy perfecto. Yeah. Uh, he just didn't expect it to be so, so good. So amazing. Right. Yeah. But here we are. I get, that, I get that a lot as well. People think like, oh, your Spanish must be bad. And then I speak it so well. And then they're, they're, like, so, they're wow. so surprised. Yeah, I it, didn't realize that the, the potential and the actuality yeah, of the potential. Ejaculations of laughter usually follow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. In the deer slayer. That's what you say. The deer slayer? It's a book. Um, oh, uh, the- audio booking right now. And let me just tell you, in fact, I was going to bring this book up because it fits well into our topic. I'm going to save it. Okay. I'm going to save it. Nice. Yeah. Well, 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 well done. Thank you. I'm nothing but a, the model of temperance and patience. We'll see. Uh, so tonight, let's... When are we supposed to have a definitive response to... I'll let you know. Okay. Um, why don't you introduce the drink this evening? Okay. Well, I don't know what it is, but it's Bernheim Original Kentucky Straight Wheat Whiskey. Small batch. It's 90 proof. Seven years aged. The thing about wheat whiskeys for me, for oh yeah, let's throw it on the Bev cam real quick. The I'll thing about you, uh, wheat whiskeys for me is wheated. Uh, in the in the summertime, they just they're they're just great in the yep. summertime. I agree. They're very refreshing. I like them all the time. I do too, but specifically in the summertime for me. Really? Um, yeah, that's I, interesting. I, I think it's because it's not as harsh. the The wheat oh, okay, typically maybe, yeah. is, isn't is typically smoother because it's not as uh, strong is like rye rye whiskey or corn sure. whiskey like sure. typically has more of a like peppery pow in your face ending yeah um whiskey is typically a little bit more smooth so in the summertime um if you're sipping on a whiskey uh to me that's just kind of my go-to for summer and it, let me tell you okay. it's been hot it has been very hot um outside so it's nice to thank you juan for opening that for us uh, also, this episode is is brought to you by Chesterton's Fine Cigars. Uh, uh, go check them out if you're if you live in Louisiana, specifically uh, Youngsville, Louisiana. Go check out Chesterton's Fine Cigars. Deacon Josh LeBlanc sent us um, some hats and shirts, um, and like this like, one here, like the shirt that I have on uh, right now. But you can go visit them at Chesterton's Fine Cigars That's Chesterton's Fine Cigars uh, thank you, Deacon Josh, for, for sending us a little care package. We appreciate that and for your support of the Catholic Man Show. What a I, sweet name. Like, what? That's one of Chesterton's oh, fine yeah, cigars. I, know. I mean, it's like, that's one of those. And what he when does. You, when you get it, it's like, man, nobody picked this up yet. I know. How did somebody not do this? Sort of like the Catholic Man Show. Like, nobody <laughs> nobody started a Catholic radio show. Right. Um, and. I wonder if there's, is there a show out there called The Catholic Show? 
I think there's there's the Catholic talk show. So you could the Catholic show is possibly still on the table. I think there's yeah because I think that I mean it's just like I'm not sure, but yeah. uh, uh, Deacon Deacon Josh has a theology uh, like a theology like smoked a smoked theology I think is what he calls it or something like that kind of like a theology on tap or something like that but he has it at his Chesterton's fine cigars where he invites a priest or somebody and they ha- do a little cigar tasting um, and then little, learn a little bit about theology which great Lovely. idea Lovely. that is part of the new evangelization. You're going to catch guys who are Cigars, just walking in there. new evangelization. Um, you know, they're just walking in. They're just there to pick up a cigar. All of a sudden, they're listening to it. You know, they see a priest there or, you know, somebody talking about Jesus. And they're like, huh, I, don't, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. And uh, that is <laughs> smelling like the sheep right there. You're walking out. You're like, I know what sheep have been in here. Cigar sheep. Yeah. Because it smells like a cigar. Some people might even prefer the smell of sheep. <laughs> over the cigar smell. <laughs> I'm not one of them, but some people. Some people may. Some people. All right. So anyway, thank you, Deacon Josh, for uh, sending us the care package and supporting the Catholic Man Show. Let's let's jump into the drink. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass and cheers, cheers to Jesus. Cheers to Jesus. So the the color is like a tawny color. Hmm. What, a what, what a th- tawny color. Yes. I did what, not know that what color. Did, what did you? Uh, wh- I tend to stick to the Roy G. Biv colors. I'm typically a as, Roy G. As Biv a man, guy, as well. Uh, I do not know the color tawny. Well, it's this one right here. It's this color. I recently read a book called "The Book of the Dun Cow," and it wasn't until the end of the book that I realized "dun" d-u-n-n is a color. Oh. It means it's like brown. Oh. The whole book. Didn't know. You didn't know. No idea. I, I was always wondering, what is the Dun Cow? I don't... What is that? A little bit about the whiskey real quick. Do tell. Bernheim was the f- uh, the first straight wheat whiskey to be launched in the U.S. market uh, and is bottled at seven years. So this was the first wheated whiskey launched in the U.S. market. Uh, bourbon, which was interesting. Interesting. Bernheim, Bernheim this, it uh, sounds German to me. Sounds like a German name. And it might be. I'll bet it, it is. It's it, the distill. The uh, the main distillery is Heaven Hill. It, it, okay. It's produced by Heaven Hill. But so the nose is a. It says it's a warm and sweet with buttery, grainy toast, a hint of salt, mixed spices with a distinct cherry character, cooked fruit, and a defined bakery note. The palate. It mm. says it's a. It's quite full and sweet, freshly baked sweet buns, a stew of. Fruit, mixed nut, and in a mixed nut character, there's a hint of tuck shop favorites and a touch of spearmint. I do like sweet buns. Uh, finish is long and slightly dry with toast, toasty spices. Nice. What are your thoughts? I like sweet buns. I'm, I'm not picking up on the sweet buns. On the, like, the Hawaiian roll buns? Yeah, are... that's what I'm imagining. I was just, actually, I got a little distracted in my head thinking about how much better barbecue became. With the uh, with the advent of the Hawaiian sweet roll, mm-hmm. and how all other bar like barbecuers before this moment, the singular moment in time, were only shooting for second best. They didn't know it. The difference. So between- I got a little off the whiskey. That was my train of thought. Okay. And I'm on the I'm on the keto diet right now, so like the idea of sweet buns is (laughs) even sweeter. It's always so interesting to get a glimpse into your thought process, regardless of what the thought is. I appreciate that. Yes. 
Thank you. I'm glad that you put it so eloquently. The in a in a in a in a kind way. Thank you. You're welcome, my friend. Yes. The difference between I think this Bernheim and like uh, Weller's Special Reserve, which is also okay. kind of my go-to. Weller's gets a bad rap. Let's just throw that out there because they pe- do. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I used to think Weller's was just cheap cheap stuff. The the Weller Special Reserve. The Special Reserve, but like when I hear the name Weller's, well, that's why I said Special Reserve. Yeah, but for I think for a lot of people, they don't know that the Special Reserve. You mm. know, it's like you hear Jack Daniels, and you're not gonna think necessarily a sipping a right. sipping whiskey, even though they've got Gentleman's Jack, which is sip, which is good. I mean, I'll I'll drink Gentleman's Jack. That's and you know, so it's, I just wanted to throw okay. that out. Okay. In case you didn't know, Weller Special Reserve is good. Is good, and I think, but still not compa- that expensive. Correct. Comparing the two, I would say this one has a little bit more of a, a pepper bite at the at the end. I'm not sure what the proof is of Weller's Special Reserve compared to this one. I know this one's 90. I can't remember off the top of my head what yeah. Weller's Reserve is, but I always most kinda, of the time they're going to be 80, 80 proof. Um, I always use Weller's Special Reserve as a benchmark for hmm. weeded whiskeys because I'm so familiar with it. I didn't know that one was a weeded whiskey. Yes. So when I think we did whiskey, I think Maker's Mark. Really? That's because Maker's Mark I didn't for me. Maker's Mark was weeded. Yeah, it's a red. They use a red wheat, which is why it has what, that the red red color, okay. right? Um, and for me, Maker's Mark was the whiskey. It holds a special place in my heart because that was the whiskey that that was the first one I tried neat. That I said, hey, okay, I can. Uh, I smell what you're stepping in here. Okay. You know, and so that was the one that brought me in it introduced me so a it was place. my it was my quinceanera into the whiskey into world. the whiskey world nice i will say that this one has a little bit longer of a finish than than, than the weller special reserve so i do like that mm-hmm. see i don't know wellers i don't know the special reserve well enough to make a comparison that one is a great one to have in your in your cupboard whenever you have people over for and they want a bourbon because one it's cheap two it's very good and three you can always say well it's you know it's produced by buffalo trace yeah. And people are yeah. like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's always kind of a, I think there's a lot of placebo when it comes to whiskey, especially with people who don't know whiskeys very well. Totally. If you say like, this is this is a pretty good whiskey, and then you put it in front of them, they're probably going to think, yeah, this isn't bad. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a little trick of the trade there. What's the price point? Uh, the price point is, is about $35, I think. So at thirty two, thirty five dollars, if I remember correctly, very doable, very Man, doable. And for the price, okay, I didn't realize it was so cheap. I mean, that's pretty good. Thirty two to thirty five, I think, is where it is. It's very, it's actually hard to get in Tulsa if you're in the Tulsa area listening. It's not very easy to get because they only send so much of it to Tulsa. What I don't understand but, is there's all these whiskeys that are hard to find, but not expensive. Buffalo Trace is one of them. They're they're a distillery that it's hard to find. Buffalo Trace and Blanton's. But Buffalo Trace is not expensive. Right. If I was distributing Buffalo Trace, I would say, guys, we sell out in like two months, three months. I mean, what, whatever it is, let's raise our price. Right. There's probably going to be a couple people who are listening for the first time uh, because we are on Catholic Answers Live this, this, this week. And so maybe they're checking us out. We always promote moderation while drinking. I want to Indeed. make sure that we, we, we say that. Indubitably. We promote holy leisure, so this is just a, a finer thing in life that we're enjoying. It's the fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It's becoming a drink for us, uh, enjoying a little bit of friendship. When we get back, we're going to jump into the, the gear, and we're going to talk about manners this evening. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. This is Mr. Don David. It's a pleasure to be with you here today. I am truly honored that you would take the time out of your busy schedule to join us. You bless us. You bless us. Thank you very much. I'm here with Adam Minahan. Mr. Mr. Adam Minahan, thank you very much for being here with us today, Adam, in your own house. <laughs> no problem. I'm happy it's, to be it's here. It's a gift. I am uh, just overcome, overwhelmed, really, with your generosity. And uh, you too, Don Juan, thank you for pushing the buttons at the right time, in the right order. While drinking our whiskey. He slicked his hair back today. Which is very interesting. Hey, I need to give a shout out really quick. To, I like it. One. Uh, seminarian, I like it. To seminarian... John de Guzman. Okay. He hooked me up. I wish my name rhymed. That'd be pretty sweet. It may be Guz. It's either Guzman. No, he should say Guzman. Look, he should say it the Guzman. way you said it. Okay, because yeah. you, anyway, John, thank you so much because he hooked me up while we were in Haley and I took a trip to Washington D.C. Yeah, which I warned you about. Bunch of crazies out there. Yes, but. I had the opportunity to go to the Dominican House of Studies. Yeah, yeah you survived. I did survive. We'll just say, you survived. And uh, uh, John hooked me up with uh, the contact to talk to the prior of the Dominican House of Studies, Father Aquinas, and which is such a sweet name. Yeah. And so I had an opportunity to not only talk to him for about an, over an hour on my book project, but I got a chance to eat with all the Dominicans. I got to pray the Liturgy of the Hours with them. I got to hang out with, I got to talk to uh, Father Gregory Pine mm. from uh, Pines of Aquinas. He's the guy that, he's the uh, one that's on P- Pines of Aquinas pretty regularly. Were you, did, you, did you just pine to talk to him? Were you pining? I guess. You were. Okay. And uh, Father Father Leg, he's, he does a lot of uh, the- Are Dominican these made up st- names? No. <laughs> Do you not know them? I don't know Father Leg. Okay, he's. It very, sounds like he gives a lot of talks on like the Thomistic Institute podcast, yeah. and okay. anyway, I'm sure I, he's great. I, like, I, I yeah. got to geek out with with them. Just, these are, like, and then I then I met Father Lamp after that. You know, it's like these are just right. funny. Well, Father Gregory Pine's pretty well known. I knew him. So anyway, uh, thank you, John, for for hooking me up and letting me um, meet all those guys because it was a whole lot of fun. And not only that, but I was able to know figure out that my the way I have my book. The format it's terrible was not was not accurate let's be honest it's terrible it's probably it, it probably is terrible yeah. yeah no it's gonna be great as long as you change everything about it right <laughs> <laughs> so anyway thanks so much it was it was great I, but i i am now officially contracted to write this book cheers so so cheers to that i i think i think cheers to that. <laughs> yes since our episode is on manners today i'm been trying to put an emphasis on making my language a little bit more beautiful. Okay. So, if I may, I will attempt to give you, in honor of your book, a beautiful toast. Wow. Okay. A- Adam, I raise my glass to you in honor for the fine work that you're doing for your family and for our Lord. And I pray above all else that our thirst for our heavenly creator, the source of love, may be forever slaked in the eternal abode of heaven. Wow. Cheers. That was... How was that? That was pretty epic. Did I do it? How long How long did, did you play that one out in your head? Uh, I was kind of doing it as I went along. <laughs> well, it was very well done. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I had the slake part. It's like, ooh, I'm going to slake something. Let's Let's throw this word in. That's a pretty sweet word. 
Okay. And I said, I can put that into a toast. I can work that in. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you. Let's a word, it's a word that needs to come back, people. Let's just... Let's jump into the gear. Okay. Good idea. The the man gear... So if this is your first time listening to the Catholic Man Show, the first thing we do, which we did last segment, is we open, review, and enjoy a man beverage. We enjoy the finer things in life. We enjoy a nice whiskey, a nice conversation. The second thing we do is highlight a man gear of some kind, something that every guy wants, needs, desires throughout their day, week, or month, year, whatever. And then we have it just a... a uh, manly discussion so the next half of the show will be on a, on a topic after this after this this segment right so the man gear today is hedge trimmers now listen the, the the summer is is almost over we've been working really hard as men to keep our yards looking nice clean cut green which has been very hard here in oklahoma i don't know about everywhere else but it's been extremely hot first well the first half of the summer it was easy because it just rained and rained and rained yes but recently it has been super, super hot. It was over 100 today, I think. I got, I got after I was in adoration today, and I, afterwards I came and got in my car, turned it on, and this is on the the blacktop, but it was 115 hmm. in the parking lot. That's right. that's stiff heat right there. And if you have fescue grass like I do, it, oh, it yeah, is it's, really it's, tough. It's a it's a struggle for you. The Bermuda really does pretty well, right? So anyway, we've been working all. All summer long, all spring and summer, to have our grass. We're taking care of the things that God has given us. We're, we've taken pride in in our in in our property. Odds are, it's about time where your he- your bushes need to be cut. You don't do that every week. I, at least I don't. I don't know about you. I I have gone over a year without trimming my bushes. Wow. Uh, if you let them grow in a natural way, you know if you. If you cut them square, if you cut them square, right, like the box, uh, you know, like into a cube, right, then you've got to be. But if you let them grow naturally, mm-hmm. you can let them. They'll grow a long time where they don't look unruly. You just kind of come on. I just take little hand clippers every now and then, and okay, off the top. So the the hedge trimmers that I'm talking about, the at least the ones that I have that have been really beneficial. I have a bunch of bushes in the front yard, and and I actually have some in the backyard, but. Um, in order to keep those cut down, mm-hmm. I have to have the the, the long blade hedgers hedge trimmers right. because they're they're the, the, those box. What are they called? I can't remember. They're called box uh, shrubs. The bushes themselves. Yeah, they're, they're called like box shrub. Well, know. you can, there's there's all kinds and, of bushes right. and shrubs out there. But anyway, that you can, it looks so it looks so good. very well maintained if you can keep it all straight and cut in ninety degree angles. You know, crisp. Yeah. If you're an engineer, like that is. That is your dream. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to do it right, what you do is you get two pieces of wood, you tie a piece of string between them, okay? And you go out there and you stake them into the ground on either side of your bushes, and then you get them so that string is nice and level, and then you just go right along that string all the way down, all the way down. down. Going to be looking good. The other approach is not not to make it level, but to make it the same height on both sides above the ground, because maybe your ground isn't level, and you don't want level bushes. See what I'm saying? I do. Nobody does that. That's it. That's a. That's just if you want to make it. If the, if there's engineers out there, mm-hmm. what's it? What What do you think about the importance of making sure that your yard looks well maintained? Uh, well, I definitely think it's important. Um, I don't think it's necessarily that something that's so important that other things should be sacrificed for it. You know, you need to have a hierarchy of values when it comes to the time you spend in the yard. 
Um, because you can spend all your time in the yard mm-hmm. um, between uh, gardens and the lawn and the vegetable garden, you know. Um, but there is, it's just so beautiful. A well-kept yard with a nice flower garden. So a couple years ago, we started planting, z- my, it was my wife's endeavor, um, she started planting zinnias in the spring. Which are very pretty flowers. I had... Sh- she knows all these flowers. We'll see something and, she, and she'll say, oh, well, that's this flower. And I'll look at her and say, how do you know that? I've never heard of that flower before. I've never heard that word. How do you know it? She's like, oh, I only know a few flowers. And I say, Pamela, you know all the flowers. <laughs> and I'm starting, she's starting to come around like, oh, maybe I know more than I thought. It's like, yeah, all of them. Anyway, uh, zinnias are gorgeous flowers. And they're great cut because... When they die, they don't droop and wilt. They just kind of like stay standing erect and just die. And the colors kind of fade a little bit. But you don't know. I mean, they can, they can last for weeks. Mm-hmm. We've talked we've talked about this on the show, but I, I love this. I, I was pulling up to Sam Guzman's new house today, the Catholic gentleman. I almost went over there. Today? Today. I almost. Wow. That would have been crazy if we would have both been over there. Anyway, I was pulling up to it. First time I'd been, I, I was there. And I was like trying to figure out which house it was because I'm also trying not to use my GPS as much. That's a whole another side yeah. topic. Anyway, it's it's a worthy a worthy pursuit. Anyway, I'm like going up there and I see like there's a, a Mary statue in the yard. And I'm like, this one has to be it. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was. But, you know, it's just so awesome if you can have if you have a nice looking yard that's attractive, that's appealing to the to, you know, the curb appeal. And yeah. you have a nice Mary statue, St. Francis said, you know, whatever st- statue in the front that kind of shows like, yeah. yes, this guy's Catholic. This mm-hmm. is a, this Catholic family. Yeah. It just, to me, it just is easy. It, it's easy to be able to like say, like absorb the identity of who you are. You know, like, yeah, yeah this is who, who we are. Yeah. So, but really from a curb appeal standpoint, what makes the biggest deal more than a well-groomed yard is if you have a tree, a well-manicured tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is by far the biggest thing that will improve your curb appeal because if you haven't trimmed your tree in a, in several years, chances are you need to lop off some of the lower limbs. Um, no because if it's blocking view of your house, um, then it's it's too much. Once it gets to be a certain height, you need to start raising the canopy of your tree. Nothing to do with the hedge trimmer. But the whole point is that there's something... It's it, You don't do it to show off or to... Right. Uh, say, look at me, or for pride. You do it to just add beauty. And I, I brought up the zinnias because Pamela started planting these, and now we have them in the front and in the back. And I will get home, and I just like to go look at them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this romantic notion of someday when I'm wealthy. Um, when is that going to yeah, be? Yeah, well, it's a, like I said, it's a romantic notion. Super glad I'm your friend. That in the evening, my wife and I will walk the gardens. You know, like yeah. what a what and a, pray the rosary. What a lovely thing to do. You that know what be, I mean? Yeah. And maybe wave at the gardener. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we get back, we're gonna we're gonna talk about manners. I think this is a, a, a good topic. The virtue of chivalry, manners. That is a very gentleman-like topic. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Glad you're with us today. We're excited to be on Catholic Answers Live on Friday. We're gonna we're gonna post this podcast early. If you're listening to this on the radio, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. So anytime that we post a new episode, you ha- you can catch it. If you're not listening right. on Thursdays at seven, and if you're listening to this on the radio, make sure to come back tomorrow. Yes, from five to seven, we'll be on Catholic Answers Live. Correct. Which will be Friday the twenty third. Friday the twenty third. Good. Of August. With Cy Kellett. With the one and only Cy Kellett. So I mentioned that I, uh, my wife and I went to New York, or not New York, I'm sorry, Washington, D.C. Yeah. earlier. And in Washington, D.C., you don't really, you don't drive. Traffic is crazy. You can Uber. The roads are weird. The roads are, are weird. There, There's good public transportation for the most part. So you, you walk. You, it's like you, a pie plate with all these like, diagonal roads like going across. Like spider webs going everywhere. Yeah. So we walked. We walked quite a bit. Now, when we were walking, this is what made me think of this is this is why we should do but this. But you topic. don't walk. You power walk. Like in well, New, in New York and in DC, you know, because you're trying to get somewhere. It's not just like we didn't. But oh, you didn't. No, okay. because were you getting passed? We in, Was everyone passing you? No doubt. Yeah, they, okay. they were moving at a much quicker speed than we. Yeah, okay. But so we're zigzagging in between all these roads, and each time I did. I made sure that I was in between her and the curb. And at, at times, it was kind of getting a little inconvenient or kind of weird, you know, because it was like we're turning a lot. So it was like, I don't know, j- to, just to stop and then get around her. And I thought like, well, maybe I don't have to or maybe I shouldn't do it. And I was like, no, this is this is what you should do. Like, I'm, I'm doing this for her. And if you do it, you should do it the right way. And so manners are not about what you feel it's about the, uh, taking on the dignity of another per- you know uh, right, recognizing right. the dignity of another person yeah manners are not a social socially constructed thing that is meaningless they are ways of behaving that show exemplify i am i am i want to uphold your dignity and that you are i, right. I value you and so i behave in such a way that shows that and in many ways Different cultures have come to interpret behaviors to mean different things. For instance, eye contact, mm. um, in uh, or even smiling. Uh, in some Asian cultures, if you're smiling, mm-hmm. when you say something, it's almost uh, like a sign of submission. From what I understand, like, um, well, maybe that explains a lot. When I went over to China, and I was sitting there, the only one smiling everywhere, and they were laughing at right. me. Right, it's sort of like. Uh, whereas here, here in America, it's um, you know it's very polite and it's a lovely thing. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, I was thinking about so that. the manners they do they vary from culture to culture. Sure, but they're ultimately about showing dig- showing respect. Right, and I think this kind of piggybacks off of our last episode. We were talking about obedience, obedience, submitting the will of yourself to the, to your superior or to 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 a higher person. Yeah, to authority. To authority. Uh-huh. This is kind of similar to submitting your will. Like, I, it's not about me. It's not an inward thing. It's an outward thing. It's not about who I am. It's about recognizing the dignity of the of the other person. Sure. And, and really, it doesn't matter how I feel. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm walking with my wife and I don't feel like getting on the other side because yeah. feelings have nothing to do with the d- dignity of a person. And if you try to make it about feelings with the dignity of a person, that's a slippery slope that probably got us into abortion and everything else. So I was reading an article recently on um, the art of manliness about 
manners. And one of the things said not to do that if you're turning a bunch of corners. Don't worry about keeping yourself between the road, the traffic, and your uh, the one the lady you're accompanying because it shows an overly obsession overly obsession to form. Hmm. And I disagree. I think you I think do, I do too. especially in the situation that you just described where you're in downtown. I mean, you and your wife are both in a new place. Right. You don't know necessarily what what is traffic like. Right. Um, and so in this case, especially, it's not like you're walking down familiar roads. You see how that could maybe be different. Sure. Um, but I think there's also a way to do it so that it's not doesn't feel forced because I've done I know exactly what you're talking about where you're making all these turns and you're just constantly bouncing back and forth. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, look, it's, oh, let go of my hand so I can walk over here and now hold this hand. Right. Um, That's what we were I running think, into. I think what you do is when you come to a corner, you hold out your hand in front of you saying, here, after you, you let them walk in in front of you and then that allows you to easily or you come twir- around the other side. Or the girl to the next hand. Ooh. That would be... If you want to show a lot of class, but how many times can you do that right. <laughs> in a row before it becomes annoying, you know? Right, right, right. So why do you think... It's good for at least once. Yes, it, yes, no doubt. So why do you think that it seems that if you look at, you know, even 100 years ago, 50 years ago, manners were a much bigger thing, right? I mean, there were just some etiquettes that have, that were, that have been diluted yeah. in this day and age. Why do you think that is? Well, I don't know, but if I was going to guess, I would say cell phones have a lot to do with it. Um, these days, we're just more absorbed into this electronic world, and as a result, we're less aware of the people around us. Um, we've also had uh, this movement to the casual, and I think, we, did we talk about this in the last episode? I can't, no, I talked about this to somebody else. So, everything has become casual. People, industries who used to wear, you, you would wear a suit. I mean, if you were a businessman, you wore a tie. Right. And these days, it's that's been replaced by the polo or just a button-up. Golf up, shirt. A golf shirt, yeah. Uh, and there's been this huge move towards casuality. Mm-hmm. And I think it had maybe good intentions, but that doesn't... That doesn't actually right. that doesn't give it any credit in my opinion because good intentions don't actually mean much mm-hmm. um, in this type of thing. Um, I think it was because if you're casual with a person, it shows that oh, there's a good there's goodwill between us and that there's a relationship. Right. It's like oh no, don't don't call me Mister Nile, just call me David. Right. Call me Dave. You know. That's like oh, how generous of him to the friendship has been established. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. Uh, and so that. Kind of that took place all over. Oh, t- don't don't dress up for me, right? You know. Oh, come on, we're family. I think also, you know. And so there was this casuality that was taking place gen- uh, over time, and that has the effect of because you don't show the same manners to your sister as you do to a lady that you've just met. You see what I'm saying? Right. And that's a natural thing. Sure. Um, and that's the problem. I think that and cell phones. I think cell phones is, is play. I think also men in particular, we we've you know pride is obviously the root of all sin. Men struggle with pride. Men also, I think, especially with now that cell phones and and there's been a lot of workaholics that have because cell phones don't let you break away from work because you're always kind of at work with a cell phone because you can check email and things like that. You become kind of self-absorbed. 
you, you can be. Yeah. And if you struggle with pride, if you struggle with selfishness, I think paying attention to manners is a great way. You know, we talk about virtue all the time on the show, and we used to think, or at least I did when I first, when we first started this show, I used to think there was like vice and virtue, and it's this linear thing. It's like vice and virtue. And that's, that's you know, if you have a vice, you work on this virtue, and it, and it goes from left to right. But, you know, virtue is in the middle. It's not, it's not like... The vice could be on either side could, of the virtue. The, the vice could be on either side. Yeah. And so I think that a lot of times we, you know, with pride, we worry about either selfishness, uh, you know, or, or, or we don't, we're not even considerate of anybody at all. Yeah. Uh, so I think that manners is a good way to combat pride and selfishness because you're no longer thinking about you, yourself. You're thinking about other people because that's really what it's all about. Like we've, t- like we've said, manners is about the other person. Yeah. The, su- the, the subject, the object and the subject of manners is the other person. Which is very interesting, yeah. but mo- a lot of virtues are not both object and subject to the other person. So I mentioned the book Deerslayer. Correct. The Deerslayer. It's um, one of the original American classic novels um, by Cooper something Fenimore Fenimore Cooper James, James Fenimore Cooper. Thank you, Juan. Um, and the character Deerslayer is just such a good character. Uh, I'm just really enjoying getting to know this character because he is like this perfect uh like the this virtue who un, who he, his manners are v- a big part of him and how he restrains his tongue he has a he only speaks the truth and all of the other characters in the book are very aware that he is this he's not like everybody else mm-hmm. he is uh, being upheld there it's a he's on the frontier he's in like upstate New York before I don't even I don't I don't even think America is a thing yet. I think it's still colonies. Okay. Um and so and if on the frontier you, there's not very many manners but it's just such a good example of if you have the manners of a gentleman because if you have uh well-refined manners you know you're basic that that kind of is the mark of a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um and how the respect that is given to him because he has this virtue and his word is valued more even among the women um you know when he pays them a compliment in the book it's worth so much more than even when the men who are considered much you know very handsome Mm -hmm. they don't even the the women don't care about it as much because the deer slayer is that's his name He, he he grew up in an indian tribe so deer slayer is his name but anyway it's just so uh it's enchanting to read about this and he's such a good example he's like i, I want to be that i want to be that way um and i want to finish this point because okay. there's something there's an, a reason why you would want to give yourself this dignity and it's not for yourself so let's talk about it on the other side of the break oh i thought you were like gonna finish it right then and there cliffhanger that's what they say in the biz yeah all right we're sitting here drinking a little bit of uh weeded whiskey bernheim whiskey is what we're drinking we talked about the the hedge trimmer we'll be right back (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. Of course, Don Juan Posada. We're talking about etiquette and virtue, etiquette and manners, mm-hmm. the virtue of chivalry. It's uh, part of the virtue of chivalry. We can talk about that maybe a little later. Finish your point, though. Okay, so um, I was talking about the Deerslayer and how he's so admired. Okay, and this is something to be desired and sought after, to have this level of admiration for this reason. The gentleman gives compliments when they are due quickly and readily. Okay? That's That's a good point. A gentleman gives compliments quickly and readily when a compliment is due. Mm-hmm. Whether it be to the appearance of a lady, um, and it, you know, as long as he, he, of course, does it in a tasteful fashion. However, if he does not possess this level of admiration, he is unable to bestow the level of dignity that the person he is complimenting deserves. I like that. So, by possessing the admiration, by as Christ says, "Let your yes mean yes." Mm-hmm. You know, when you say something, let. Let the reputation of your honesty stand for itself. That way, when you go to when you go to uphold someone's dignity with a compliment, as they rightly deserve, you are able to do so in the way that you seek. That yeah. This people, is why people it's married it because because of right. You know, there is uh, merit, someone maybe a host, a gracious host, invites you to their to their house for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have the reputation of this type of admiration, you, you can say, thank you, this was delicious. You don't have to go into this overly right. flowery and kind of make a show about it. Right. You can just say it, and the host, because of who you are and the way that you behave and carry yourself, will feel appreciated. Right. And that's why it's important. And I think that it's important. I, I think that, that, goes, that bleeds right into what I was wanting to talk about next, which is how, how to... Uh, pass down the manners to your children because I think that that's as a Catholic dads we need to make sure that we're we're teaching our children how like what etiquette is and the importance of manners yeah so I think that there's like impulsive manners that happen that you know that, that should automatically happen kind of like virtue is you know just the habit of doing the good so it should be like a habit of just of, of doing what is uh, the act of, uh, of having good manners so like, you know, the please, the thank you, the yes sir, the no sir, the yes ma'am, the no ma'am. It was very interesting after college. I grew up, my dad made me say yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am. And so that was just very natural to me. It wasn't something that I thought about. It was just, that's what I said. Yes sir. Yeah. Yes sir. And there was a lot of people that would always say, you don't have to say yes sir to me. You can just say yes. Yes. And it was like, I didn't realize that I was even saying yes sir, because my father had instilled in me that if there's, if you're speaking to somebody who's older than you, then you say yes sir. Right. And so I think that it's very important. Nobody does that anymore. No one does that anymore. But my, my kids are. And in the, and, and in I, the vein your, your of casuality, right. these days everyone is miss, like a, a married woman, mm-hmm. you know, let's say her name is... Uh, Margot. Margot. Let's say her name is Margot. She's not going to be um, Mrs. So-and-so. She's going to be Miss Margot. Everyone, and this is for little children. The, she's telling the children to call her Miss Margot instead of Mrs. Basso. Right. I hate that. Right. No, it's like, no, your name is Miss Miss Basso or Mrs. Basso. Right. For so Margot's I, case, it's Miss Basso. So I think that it, it it's important to teach our, our children that Manners really boils down to gratitude, like being grateful right. for other people. It's a, it's about stopping to 
stop thinking about yourself, but thinking about what other people right. are doing. Manners is always about being conscious of the of the other. Right. So here's some things that I do, and I and I'd be interested to hear what you what you're doing with your kids. Okay. So obviously the yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, please and thank you always happen. Yeah. Or at least that's what we that's what we strive for. Every dinner, my kids are are to say to my wife, "Thank you for dinner." Yes, of course. That is something that has to be done because my wife you know, was labored over dinner this mm-hmm. evening. She worked very hard. For the, same, the same rule at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, I, and I usually lead by example. However, sometimes my kids beat me to it. That, I was just about to say, I started with me and I said, and I would start like, uh, uh, mom, thank you for mm-hmm. dinner. You I know, didn't actually have to have to institute it as a rule. I just made sure to do it every day. I did it. And, and but, then they started doing it. And now they know they have to. Right. Um, so th- that's something very small, but th- you realize like, hey, your mother cooked you dinner this evening. You should be grateful for it. Right. Uh, what, what's something that you that you guys do? I didn't with I, the kids. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't teach. Like we didn't talk about this beforehand. So I'm kind well, of I mean, there's there's you, of course the the table manners, and there's some certain things that you know they don't know. Um, like today, we had to talk about how we don't say we don't talk about poop at the dinner table. That was something that we did today. Very uh, interesting. Um, you know, and Elizabeth was like, "Why?" It's like, well, that's just not. It's not polite mm-hmm. to talk about bathroom potty language mm-hmm. at the dinner table. You know, she said, oh, okay. Right. You know, so there's, there's, st- and I've, it's not like that's the first time I've told them, but, right. you know, yeah, believe it or not, you have to tell your kids things more than once. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just for manners in general, I have a, a list. I actually made a list, but I forgot it. I don't have it. For me, a big one is a man should never shake another man's hand sitting down. Um, it happens to me, I mean, and I used to not, I used to not know this, so I used to do it. I'd be sitting down with a group of people, someone would walk up, say, hey, you know, and give me their hand, and I'd shake it. Um, but now, I always stand up to shake a man's hand. Another, this one is kind of, this rule is kind of lost, but when a woman enters the room to stand up, um, I almost always forget to do this. I try to remember That's to do it. That's one I really want yeah, and when the couple times I have done it, it feels weird. It is a little bit awkward because you're the because only one doing it's it. So um, unusual, you right. know. Nobody does that anymore, right? Um, but I tell you what, if you're a single guy out there and you want to stand above the rest, this is a really good one to do, yeah. and to just get used to it, and be comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to stand up and go to her; you just stand up. Um, and so typically. Uh, You'd stand up until she's introduced, you know, or until she makes her hello, and then you can sit back down. If you want good examples of this, watch the show Downton Abbey. Right. Um, or some of the other uh, masterpiece classic shows that they've made. There's another show I'm watching right now, Poldark, and there it's kind of similar. It takes place in England, and mm-hmm. very sim- there's all those... The manners. They, there was such a etiquette. well-developed etiquette in England... And I don't know if there still is. Maybe there, there probably is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But in the movies, it's great. One of the ones that I, that that is tough to do, but one that I've had to do before. You know, we talked about how manners kind of is a great way to fight pride and selfishness. And one is is to hear my my boys to hear me say I'm sorry. There have been times where I've either gotten on to them. You know, I thought like, oh, Luke hit Jude or Jude hit Luke, and so I got on to him, and then I realized, oh no that didn't happen, but I'd already gotten on to him. So, you know, I have to say, I I come to him and say like, listen, Jude, I'm, I'm sorry. I I got on to you and you, and you didn't really do that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that I did that. Yeah. And 
it's very interesting to watch their facial expressions to see like dad saying sorry but we have as men as catholic as catholic dads we have to set the example they have to know that if dad is wrong he he will say he's sorry right and quickly it, and it goes back to what you were talking about like may your yes be yes and your no be no you know if i if i say something and it's not right i quickly say i'm sorry because it, it kind of it, it justifies it yeah so that's one. Oh, I do want to talk about really quick. I want to. I want to get to liturgical. Uh, Let me manners. throw another one out there too, because I also want to go there. Okay. Um, when a man, when you are introducing a man and a woman to each other, this is something that nobody takes the thought of to do. You introduce the man to the woman. So you would say, Miss Miss So and So, allow me to introduce Mister So and So. The reason for this is because by introducing to her, you're upholding her. It's like because now you're the important one. Oh. And you're saying to the man, oh, there's somebody that you need to meet mm-hmm. because this other person has, is, is more valuable than you. And as the, we should always uphold women's dignity higher than ourselves. And it also is uh, a way of saying, oh, Miss So-and-So, allow me to introduce Mr. So-and-So. And the next person to logically speak in this conversation is the man. Mm-hmm. And the man, you know, that allows the women, is their nature, to receive Sort of like uh, a woman shouldn't have to initiate a relationship. She wouldn't. It shouldn't be the woman's job to come up and say, "Hey, you want to go out on a date?" Right. And that's that's kind of an extreme example in this situation. But this allows the man to be the first one to break the ice and to maybe pay the first compliment or what you know say it's an honor to meet you and blah blah. To be right. a gentleman first, so that she can come back and respond in a ladylike fashion. No doubt. No doubt. Liturgical practices. L- liturgical practices. I also wanted for to manners. do this. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's crazy. It's like we're best friends or something because yeah. we didn't even go over this. So you know, the liturgy is a perfect example of being you know outward, not inward, of lifting like we're literally not thinking about ourselves, but uh, the heavenly banquet that's uh, you know before us at, at uh, the holy sacrifice of the mass. You know, we even say we lift up our hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. It's literally we're literally saying like, stop being it's inward right and just. You know, we like go outward. Like, no, stop thinking about yourself. Let's worship our Lord. Yeah. You know, so we have to realize that there's this ontological reality of what is happening before us, this heavenly banquet. And so, if this is the case, if we really mean, if we, if what really is happening is, or what we say is happening is happening, then we should have this reverence of silence within the liturgy and i know that that there's a lot of you know people who may disagree with this but my personal opinion is is that before and after mass before and after that the the talk is is at a minimum or at, not at all and why is that? it may be you may be done praying before mass or after mass you may be excited to go talk to somebody mm-hmm. in the sanctuary yeah but you should again manners is about the dignity of the other person not how you're feeling yeah. so you have to take into consideration the other people who are still praying uh, before the holy sacrifice the mass that we just went through the sanctuary is a place of prayer it's never a place of talking it's never a place of conversation in order to respect our lord forget about we're not talking about another human person here we're talking about God Right. how much more should our manners be exactly so anyway uh, David, it's been a pleasure as always. Juan, thank you so much. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus.